Hi, hello and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. As we aim on enriching our knowledge in the cryptocurrency domain, we are back with yet another podcast. In today's podcast, we are immensely proud to have Mr. Atul with us. Pleasure to have you, sir. So without any further ado, I'm quite sure you don't need one, but it would be, it would be great if we just start with a brief introduction. So over to sure. you, sir. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. My name is Atul Chatur. In terms of uh, background, I am a mechanical engineer by profession. Of course, that was like a long time back. I worked with Infosys for about eight years. Uh, uh, went to INSEAD, which is an MBA school in France, one of the global top ten MBA schools. Uh, post that, ended up working with a hedge fund based out of London for about four years. Uh, moved back to India. Uh, have been investing in various. Uh, Uh, listed projects listed companies as well as uh, private companies as well 2017 was introduced to crypto uh, initially have been investing in cryptocurrencies for almost 4 years now got into bitcoin when it was around 3000 dollars uh, got into various other altcoins as well subsequently and uh, after having a very successful investment career in cryptocurrencies i decided to build my own crypto protocol So the MotoDB protocol is uh, a protocol that was launched about eight months back. I am the uh, one of the co-founders there. There are two other co-founders. We have one more co-founder joining us uh, very soon as well. All the other three are from IIT Madras, uh, M.Tech graduates uh, with backgrounds in computer science, uh, data science, artificial intelligence, robotics. Uh, Uh, what we are trying to build as the MotoDB protocol is really a decentralized car industry blockchain that that accesses car data and really puts it on a public blockchain, which turns it into a public repository of uh, car data. We have put the driver at the center of this uh, protocol, so we are essentially positioning the protocol as a driver-powered network, which essentially means that. in the car industry or in the vehicle industry it's all about the oems uh, the companies that manufacture the cars or even other third party suppliers of devices of uh, of of other accessories etc but we have really taken the uh, the position the taken the viewpoint of a driver and really tried to see two things so how could a car driver access uh, his or her car data and then really gain both uh, privacy benefits with respect to car data and also more importantly allow the car driver to monetize uh, car data so that is that is about the motodb protocol and this protocol was just launched about 8 months back as i said three co-founders as of now the fourth one joining very soon uh, as as i just explained thank you for that intro sir you've really come a long way in this field and i'm sure like you'll really enrich us with knowledge today um looking at your experience and your influential um, nature in this domain so um i could just start with a very basic question to you like the, it's a differentiation between the regular development and the blockchain development like how are they different from each other right so see again in terms of uh, if you look at what web 2.0 what web 3.0 is what uh, the crypto ideologies uh, and i'm sure some of the basic terms around decentralization around distributed systems around the trustless nature of blockchain of, of and and uh, obviously the data that is put on there is immutable or is unchangeable as well 
so those are really some of the basic uh, ideologies of of cryptocurrency or of even of blockchain projects right and when i say blockchain i specifically mean public blockchains versus private blockchains so in a way both are similar but of course public blockchains are incentivized by uh, through the crypto economic uh, incentive system similar to bitcoin or to uh, ethereum etc and again from a development perspective i would say uh, the technology is not that different right i mean if you look at uh, let's say object oriented programming you look at java and you look at the fact that solidity is a object oriented programming language as well i think to that extent there are similarities but what what really differs is more in terms of the business model the approach that you take to designing a web 2.0 system versus a web 3.0 system whereas if you look at uh, web 2.0 the ideology is more how does a centralized entity gather data like let's say about you or about a car for that matter and then sell it onward for their own benefit whereas with web 3.0 it's really more around how does the user really benefit from that that data and uh, is there a way for that user to really access that data to monetize that data as well so which is why when i explain motodb to you there are, i mean if you look at an analogy and if you look at the fact that you've got a laptop or a desktop and then you've got a facebook or a instagram or a whatsapp or whatever sitting on it and all these companies are really accessing this data selling that data uh, your data right basically for their own benefit whereas in web 3.0 it's more about how do you enable the users to access this data to uh, to really share that data to Uh, store the data etc through a protocol which is community owned or community driven um, as well so just to answer that question i would say development wise i don't think the technologies are that dissimilar obviously there are a few new things that you need to learn it's more in terms of uh, how a web 2.0 company versus a web 3.0 protocol is really designed and how crypto economic incentives are at the heart of that uh, of that system if you may which is what is really different uh, when you when you look at web 3.0 versus uh, web 2.0 so um, do you have the same views for in terms of product management like regular product management and blockchain product management are they like different in the same aspect as you explained right now or is there something in that field something different that differentiates them right So again with respect to product management or even protocol management right i mean again it really uh, if you look at how a centralized company is managed how do product managers work in that uh, centralized company right so let's say a google versus or rather a google or an apple or even let's say an infosys for that matter versus how do you work how do you work in a protocol right so if you look at even the bitcoin improvement uh, proposals right the bips or in ethereum you've got the eips which is uh, ethereum improvement proposals uh, with with helium or with any any other uh, coin for that matter right or any other crypto protocol you have these improvement proposals that anyone in the community can send in and then people just end up voting on that proposal right so obviously different proposals have different voting thresholds so some of them i mean all of them obviously have to be uh, a majority plus or so at least a 51% votes but some of them may be 70% some of them may be 90% etc so i think in terms of how someone who's a product manager would would fit in into let us say a, a web 2.0 company versus web 3.0 or, or in the on the or in the crypto or the blockchain world is really just in th- in terms of thinking how do how do you really get involved with those improvement proposals how, how can you make those proposals through a 
blockchain governance forum is something that you really need to understand but i think otherwise at the heart of it the technology the product management aspects right i mean if you look at product management project management program management these are just uh, terms for really working on a project or a product but a lot of those things would be the same what really differs is in terms of how do you really get involved with the improvement proposals and the governance or the uh, or, or the voting process to really make sure that whatever you propose goes through that uh, goes through that pipeline and essentially gets approved finally is what what is really different in the web 3.0 world as opposed to web 2.0 where most of the decision making is pretty centralized right i mean it's it's not really decentralized in that aspect whereas with uh, web 3.0 the decision making process is essentially decentralized and hence the product managers uh, have to live with that or have to really uh, adapt to that situation as well right so there's a lot to adapt transforming from web 2.0 to 3.0 okay yeah so um like as you gave your introduction in the beginning i would like to ask you a question how did you manage to build such a strong personal brand in the crypto domain like um it's a pretty new field that is um a thing but it is definitely not easy to create such a strong personal brand like it requires immense knowledge it requires experience um it is an uh, undiscovered field as of date as well so how did you manage yeah. to create such a strong personal brand in the field right. so if you actually look at crypto itself right i mean if you look at cryptocurrencies uh, so it's obviously they've got the technology angle to it right so there's blockchain which is essentially a distributed database right i mean if you look at distributed ledger technology dlt as it's called and at the heart of blockchain is essentially the fact that this uh, this i mean blockchain is essentially a distributed database right so one is you need to understand the technology so it's definitely got a technology slash uh, computer science angle to it however combined with that you've got economics as well so you need some economics background at least broadly right you don't need a economics degree but you definitely need some sort of uh, uh, economics background which is where the crypto economic incentives or the coins or the tokens fit in as well and then there's obviously a branch of economics now called as tokenomics i mean when i say branch it's like a term that's used but it's tokenomics and you really understand all of that so that's that's important as well uh, so that basically means computer science slash technology is something you need to understand economics is there and there's obviously the mathematics angle involved in all of this especially if you are involved with the defi protocol let us say right so i don't know if you looked at the likes of the ohm protocol uh, the ohm cryptocurrency sorry which is which is which has a lot of uh, heavy mathematics heavy economics involved as well and in that sense i would say crypto is a mixture between uh, computer science technology uh, then um, crypto economic incentives or economics if you may mathematics as well and then obviously depending on which which protocol you are building out or rather which industry you are building out the protocol for there might be other industries involved as well so i think that that understanding is something that i had over a period of time right so one is uh, the the computer science background i used to work for infosys so have done coding for about 5 years uh, ended up working at a hedge fund so i have the finance and the economics background as well and luckily all that combined well to to give me this deep uh, insight in crypto and again frankly i was involved in crypto i i started looking at crypto deeply since about 2017 onwards i should have done it earlier to tell you the truth 
So I mean, just one piece of advice is that any new technology which comes along, take a take a good deep look at it, because because the 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 world is being driven by software. So software is eating the world, right? As as they say. But I think that's that's something which is very important for uh, all of you to understand as well. And luckily, since I had that background, computer science, technology, economics, uh, mathematics, uh, as well, uh, I was able to do well in crypto. And again, uh, the the other aspect was. Uh, when i when you say building a brand or or for people to know you i guess it's important to reach out interact with people share as much knowledge as you can and in the process gain as much knowledge as you can as well right so i think that that's something that has driven me since the start of my career and luckily that has resulted in in all the right things happening over the past few years in the crypto space for me Right, right, and Touchwood it has been really a successful journey. We can all say that right now. Um, also, the tokenomics that I found that very interesting. I really need to read up on that later. I I wasn't aware of that. Also, um, you mentioned DeFi. So on that note, a question popped up in my mind: What is the future of DeFi and the metaverse? Yeah, in I your opinion. I- Right, so I am incredibly fascinated. I am digging deep into both the uh, fields, if you may, right? So, right. I mean, clearly, metaverse is something that is already on us, right? I mean, I don't think a lot of people yeah. realize that. And it is a slowly gaining momentum in terms of uh, its reach. Like, right, a and lot I, of brands I, are launching their stores. Yeah. So a couple of really important developments is Facebook rebranding itself into Meta, right? I mean, if you actually look at your Facebook profile and if you browse down, it says Meta now. They don't even have Facebook anywhere. Of course, Facebook as a brand sort of continues, but the company is called Meta. Meta obviously stands for Metaverse. Uh, the mm-hmm. other day, Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard. One of the, I mean, it's it's one of the uh, one of their games is World of Warcraft. They, I mean, they've got other famous franchises, game franchises as well. There's a lot of lot of people, lot of companies, a lot of investors looking very deeply into the metaverse. And I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Ready Player One. It's it's like a Steven Spielberg film, uh, film. I think about three years old, where basically everyone is playing a video game and you're earning money from from just playing games. And that's like obviously, or at least the younger generation, it looks like it's one of the best situations to be in because instead of acquiring a degree, you could actually play a video game. And if you're actually really good at it. you could earn a million dollars literally playing a video game right so that might not appear so obvious as of now i mean most things don't appear obvious when when you are in a in a college or pursuing something because mostly what you learn is is reactive right so no one can teach you anything which is the future the future really cannot be taught right because it's not there and in that sense the metaverse is the future it's already on us in a way so i'm really fascinated i'm digging deep and obviously one of the uh, the reasons that uh, i started looking at it was the game axie infinity so the axis token <clears throat> the axie infinity token has gone up like something like a thousand x over the past i would say about 18 months or so and that is just one of the first games in the metaverse uh, obviously powered by a crypto token that has done really well the others are decentraland there is uh, there is the sandbox game so there are there are some of these developments in the metaverse so these are just crypto tokens that have done well but also the uh rebranding of facebook into meta as well as the acquisition of uh, activision blizzard by microsoft are just indicators that everyone is getting big on the metaverse so to say right so that's and and, and again i'm like really more uh, uh, fascinated really 
I believe that the metaverse, including NFTs, including uh, play-to-earn games, will really take off in a big way. And even MotoDB has this philosophy called as drive-to-earn, which is not that dissimilar. So at the heart, we've got NFTs. So we are a metaverse company as well. Of course, more digital in that sense, right? So we've got cars, we've got vehicles uh, that we are converting into NFTs. But yeah, metaverse is definitely something that is... Uh, that fascinates me and in a way the MotoDB protocol is also about the metaverse involving physical objects as well, right? So it's more digital as you call it, physical plus digital. So digital is really the term there. With respect to DeFi, I think uh, I am really, I mean, for that, for decentralized finance, you need to have a finance background to really at least appreciate what's happening, right? And I'll just give you a very simple example there. So if any one of you has been trading in the stock markets and if you've seen that a company is basically open 24 by 7 by 365, right? So for example, your geo connection, for example, most of the times, most of the things that you use and most of the companies that make it are essentially open 24 by 7 by 365. Doesn't matter whether they've got the the weekend, etc. The companies are basically open, right? It's not as if they are shut down for operations or or whatever. And even important developments may happen over the weekend. But if you actually look at stock trading, that ha- happens hardly about 20% of the time. So the stock, uh, the the shares of the company that, that is open 24 by 7 by 365, you are trading something like six hours a day, five days a week. Uh, so, so it's like literally 30 hours in a week, whereas the company is open 24 by 7, that's 168. So if you actually divide 30 by 168, it's something like, something like 20%, right? I mean actually lesser than lesser than 20%. So if you look at DeFi then and what uh, DeFi, can, DeFi can achieve or what decentralized finance can achieve through tokenization of securities through these uh, trading trading um, algorithmic based, uh, based portals or based strategies as well, it's just mind blowing. And on that, I would say if at all anyone is interested, read up on this uh, idea or concept called as the DeFi matrix by Balaji Srinivasan. So Balaji is obviously very well known in the crypto world, ex-CTO of Coinbase. Uh, he's, he's a private investor himself now. But I think that's that's something that that definitely you should look up. It's called the DeFi matrix, where what he says is that every single asset, every single security in the world will eventually be tokenized. And that will be traded 24 by 7 by 365 in a matrix uh, kind of a structure. Uh, also, if you look at uh, if you look at MotoDB and how we are we are in a way in have some elements of DeFi as well is through the tokenization of real world assets, right? I mean, what MotoDB essentially does is turn your car into an NFT. Your car is actually an NFT because there is only one single car uh, like yours, right? I mean, your car is like the only individual, only uh, uniquely identifiable car in the world. There is no other car like it. When I say exactly like it, right? I mean, when I say like it, I don't mean a, a same Polo or a same, uh, I guess, Mercedes or whatever. But that one single car with that one single car plate and the one single vehicle identifier number, the VIN number, it essentially means it's an NFT. So we are converting those cars into NFTs, putting them on the blockchain, which has got a lot of elements of decentralized finance as well. And hence, in a way, the project that we are doing or the protocol that we are designing is mostly about the metaverse, but has some elements of decentralized finance uh, built into it as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, just to answer that question, I'm deeply fascinated by metaverse, which is already on us. 
DeFi will take a bit of time. I think it's not, I mean, in that sense, it's probably not already on us. It'll probably take the next three, five years to evolve. But that's also because the finance world has a lot of compliance, a lot of regulatory requirements that you need to comply with. So, for example, a Reliance stock may be listed in India. It's uh, essentially regulated by the SEBI, uh, which is the Securities Exchange Board of India. Similarly, the US has the SEC, the uh, which which regulates stock trading in the us but uh, so which is why you know defi has some uh, has has some regulatory some uh, uh, compliance requirements that they need to need to overcome but i think metaverse there's no such thing right i mean anyone can play a game sitting anywhere so no one really cares uh, about it to that extent right so yeah i mean that's that's my my two cents on DeFi as well as Metaverse. I'm deeply fascinated by both. I think they're already on us. The next five to 10 years should see a lot of rapid developments in this space. Yeah, talking on a personal note, even I am pretty fascinated by the Metaverse concept. And thank you for that recommendation. I will definitely read up on that. And I think a lot of our audience will as well. So coming to the last question I have today. Um, let's get your final verdict on this. Like, do you think crypto is right now in a bubble? Talking about the whole scenario of cryptocurrency and everything that falls yeah. under the umbrella. Do you think it's in a bubble or do you think it's going to make immense progress or just your views in general? Right. So there are two things about crypto that you need to understand. And two things, well, one thing about you yourself that you need to understand before I answer this question, right? So... So, I mean, firstly, let's let's look at us, right? I mean, you as a person or or anyone as a person, right? So are you into this space for the technology? So are you, <clears throat> just give me a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> so are you, are you in this space for the technology, right? And this is clearly a foundational technology. That's like without a doubt, right? So I'll tell you why. So, so when, I mean, literally in this podcast, when I speak and when you speak, this is essentially what we call as transfer of information, right? I mean, and not right. for a moment are you are you really even thinking, am I hearing or or rather am I thinking, am I hearing what you are seeing or, or the other way around, right? I mean, there's literally transfer of information over the internet and that problem has been solved for 20 years, right? So right. what does this transfer of value over the internet? And that is incredibly even more powerful, even for even more, um, even more, game-changing, even more disruptive, and even more foundational, if you may, which is why the technology will take some time to really be pervasive across the world. So these are the early days of Web 2.0. These are the early days of Google, if you may. So the other day, I think just yesterday, uh, two, day, two days before, uh, you have a protocol called as the Graph, GRT, and uh, Tiger Global, uh, some of the leading investors in the world put in $50 million in there. And it's basically Google for Web 3.0. Right. So that's, I would say, I would say, look at those developments. Clearly, these are all foundational technologies that are getting built out. And as with any foundational technology, it takes time and is very difficult to understand. Right. So if you went back to 2000, people did not understand internet. If you went back to 1980s, people did not understand the phone. And if you actually, the, the, the cell phone or the, or the phone, right, even your normal phones. And if you go back 100 years, people did not even understand the steam engine, right, and what it could do. I would say we are just at the start of crypto as a foundational technology. It will take some time to catch on. And the other uh, to to uh, I mean, for people to build various companies, protocols, et cetera, on top of it, 
but so that's one view and second is are you just looking at token prices and thinking oh, you know am i going to make 100x 10x 5x whatever right i mean or I, in a day am i going to make 20% 50% of the token prices so what the other thing about crypto apart from the fact that it's foundational technology that one needs to understand that this is the only asset class that is traded 24 by 7 by 365 globally and in that sense it's subject to a lot of developments which are very difficult to track it's obviously subject to a lot of volatility as well and because of the lack of global regulations there's obviously some level of manipulation within the markets as well right but that's more of a trading perspective so if you're taking the trading perspective i can't really help you there right i mean in the sense it's your own call you might want to trade on the basis of uh, sophisticated algorithmic strategies or you want a strict stop loss or you you make a 20% like in 5 minutes you want to get out or whatever right i mean that's that's more of a trading call but my view of crypto is that it is foundational technology it is here to stay we are in the very early extremely early days of this uh, i mean even though bitcoin has been around for 12 13 years i would still say web 3.0 crypto companies protocols we are literally in probably about 2000 2001 uh, of of the of the of a new tech wave right and this is probably going to evolve over the next 15 20 years So if you take that kind of a time frame, we are probably going to make at least at least a 10x, if not a 100x, on a lot of these coins. And if you obviously get lucky and you buy, I don't know what the next doggy coin or whatever, you probably might even make one lakh x or whatever it is. But I think I think I mean that's the that's the other view of things, right? So depending on whether you are in it for the technology and you want to build something, I would say a yeah, great place to be. Really double down. Really uh, think about uh, what you want to do in the space. There are obviously going to be a lot of jobs, a lot of career options in the in the space as well. And if you are looking at it as a trader, yeah, then then the bubble is like 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 going to, I mean, going to be even worse or even better depending on when you get into into it as an investment. But that's that's more of a trading view. You know, I can't I can't really comment too much on that. You know, and again. Uh, uh, that 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 bubble or those token prices are driven a lot by what happens in the overall space so if you look at this current dip right i mean right now bitcoin went from about 68 69k to about i think 35k right now is also because the us federal uh, uh, the us fed essentially announced some uh, monetary tightening right i mean meaning that they would withdraw liquidity out of the markets which is why the us tech stocks are down cryptocurrencies are down as well but i think these are temporary blips you know i mean if anything you should be buying on the dips but it is not financial advice i am not a trader in that sense i mean i do trading i do investments but that is different you know i wouldn't want to advise anyone on that over a phone call or over a podcast but on the tech on on the technology side in terms of crypto being a foundational technology i am more than 100% convinced and it's not just me the likes of facebook the likes of microsoft the likes of from the other tech giants are are starting to look at this thing very deeply as i explained earlier they are already starting to make moves they are rebranding themselves investing into new companies etc so i think that is definitely here to stay but you'll probably see all this panning out over the next 15 20 years you know it's not when you when you to answer that specific question around is crypto a bubble i think with respect to token prices who knows you know i mean up and down etc will happen because of some of the things that i explained to you but fundamentally from a long term perspective crypto as a foundational technology is definitely here to stay it will only become more pervasive as we go along you know it's not it's not going to diminish uh, even while token prices move up and down people like us continue to build right continue to build something in the tech space with respect to crypto 
So if not now, a year down the line, two years down the line, you'll actually see SR tokens being listed. And that's what you've seen with crypto over the last 12, 13 years as well. There have been two or three waves of this kind where the token prices blow up, they go down, etc. But that's just like pretty normal with any new emerging technology. And this technology has got, you know, truly foundational aspects to it, truly disruptive aspects to it, because it deals with money and transfer of value as well, right? So, which is why it will probably take a bit of time to to, to really be uh, adopted across the world in a, in a broader way. But yeah, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that definitely answered my question in all ways possible. So keeping aside the trading perspective, I think the technology is here to stay and there's no looking back. So in a decade or two, I think it will be pretty much normalized by everyone. So Absolutely. Correct. Yeah, that that was a really great answer to my question. And I think all of the doubts, everyone that had were cleared. So as I mentioned, that was my last question and it was really very informative and um, very interesting being in talks with you. And I hope we do this a lot in the near future. So thank you Rio, sure. once again for being here with us and sharing your experience and knowledge in the best way possible with us. So yeah, thank you. Sure. Thank you okay. for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks. Right.